1: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. I'm Steve Hall bringing you the best clips from our Red Men Plus shows from the last week and it's going to be pretty transfer heavy just to let you guys know that's what we all want to do at this time of year. Forget the footy, forget Liverpool being rubbish or have been rubbish. we have boxed it off. Let's sign some players so that the next year they are not rubbish and we're still talking about Liverpool winning trophies and getting to finals. So yeah, just to let you know, all these clips are available in their full shows over on Red Men Plus both in video and podcast forms if you want to come over and check us out over there the first clip this week comes from the Bias Football Podcast it was me it was Paul it was Chloe and it was Dan and we done our alternative Premier League award Yeah, we had a little break from talking about Liverpool to have a look around the league we had loads of different fun and unique categories in our award show and here is one of those
2: Bust up of the season is our first award. Um We're going to... Look, let's experiment with the... Let's all say it at the same time. Okay. I don't know how this is going to be worth. It's not scripted. This We might in this.
1: Shall we just go bang, 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 dead quick?
2: No, no, no. I want to see how this works.
1: Okay. Horrendously is the but, answer. hey, don't... Listen.
2: Don't fucking try these things. Okay and then we make it Sorry, audience. your audio. scientific approach is not that's not the scientific approach like we're going to, try to test it and then we're going to look at the look at the results and then we're going to determine what our following actions are so bust up of the season on 3 1 2 Versus
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fact that that's this season is ludicrous yeah, the
4: by
1: the way. Yeah. The, what else was in the mix? I, I struggled to think Mitch of any others.
4: Mitch was the other one because I just enjoyed him body
1: and a yeah. ref. Yeah. I, I, think think I nearly that... had Andy Robbo versus Linesman's elbow. Oh, yeah. Jürgen
2: Klopp, Klopp, Klopp celebrating in front of the fourth official and pulling his
3: Yeah, there was almost one with an Everton fan. And Dominic Solanke yesterday, they could have got involved. but
1: yeah. too short. Constitution, yeah. All, all-time what? Premier League.
2: What man. a fucking great moment! Back when we thought the season was just going to be a normal, a normal mm. season. Tuchel and Conte, two of the world's best managers, going to be duking it out for that top four place. <laughs> Both clubs. Imagine, imagine that point being like a, a Chelsea or a Spurs fan and trying to think of how your season's going to go down with Ryan
1: Mason and Frank Lampard. End of the season nah, in charge.
3: That
2: is, that is mad. <laughs> that is genuinely
3: insane. That man. was the.
1: That was so good. That Handbags. Is, it's There's the it's, faces.
3: It's the Conte's face. Like made it
1: so shit. petty. Like I it's so. like they're professional millionaire football managers and they're just holding hands while they argue with each it. it was poetic.
2: Brilliant. It's just a glorious moment of football. Like the the tight grip, they're not letting go. They're refusing to back down for no reason whatsoever.
1: Who'd you back in a fight? Can't Contact. say. Oh, I think Tuchel, you know. Oh, I think no, Tuchel. He's I a big, he's rangy He's a lanky fella. He's, he's, yeah. he's got a bit of John Jones nah. about him. Imagine
3: Tuchel just whipped his wig off as well. Can't he? lose his mind. <laughs> <laughs> <And> held it. <laughs> held it above his reach. Up there, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> holding them off like hold like him off like a
2: we Could do it. Yeah. Hold him back. I could, can't, take, can't Yeah,
3: I'd
4: go, Conte,
1: <laughs> yeah. can't Can't would kill
2: him. Yeah, oh, I
4: agree. Man.
1: Thomas Tuchel's got murderous qualities. Uh, look, I think that if you... if He you strangled mice. You could snap
4: his leg if you two-footed him. At some point
1: in his life, Thomas Tuchel strangled a mouse. I'm telling you now, he's He's a murderer. weird. Listen. I, agree. I think
2: if you gave Tuchel time and uh, an opportunity, Conte would end up like a, a, a dot of blood on a on a you know a little glass sheet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Dexter, he would. He's the kind of person who would take someone in the night and and, and slip them some drugs and then carve them up on a da- table somewhere. Mm. But if you just were like a little pugilist, Strap. little scrap, yeah, Conte would Can't rip them
1: apart. Okay, I think we all agreed on that one then. It's
5: unanimous? Yeah. You're thinking kind of Wait till we don't we'll all say the same
2: thing. I don't. <laughs> th- I, 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 I. don't think we're gonna get that. I think. I think, I think we will be on from that because I don't. I don't. We've peaked there. There's no way that. There's no way it's gonna. Actually, you know what? No,
5: don't. Don't
4: do it.
2: Sh- go along the last. Stupidest passage. sacking. I can go first. Yeah. On three. Okay. Okay. Oh
4: no, because I've got
2: two. One. one. Two. 3 two Potter
4: no I won't go in Potter
2: get sacking them sacking Tushel, him
4: for Chelsea Two I kind of forgot that uh, was the <laughs> season I was going to say Potter and
2: head. then I went Oh no, wait. Do you think sacking Potter was stupid?
4: Yeah, because he brought in Frank Lampard. Not because he no, sacking down. No, him.
1: No, no mate.
2: No,
4: but no. because. Sacking of Frank Thomas Tuchel
1: for Graham Potter.
4: It's
6: insane.
1: To I then the sack Graham Potter, which mate, is part of the.
2: the oh. two, that Potter it's thing annoying. can't happen if you just keep
1: Tuchel on the job. Who was the other one?
4: My Antonio. other one. Brendan yeah. Rodgers, because they brought in Dean Smith. I was thinking of the ah, knock on effect.
1: Also, Antonio Conte getting sacked. Now, I get it because he was desperate to be sacked. Yeah. <laughs> But it was mad because like get, bringing Conte in is like buying a dog and then moan that it barks. I'm sorry,
4: <laughs> can we can we talk about how I remembered enough that Tuchel's manager of Chelsea <laughs> to put him in the bus stop of the season? Oh he's <laughs> <and then, laughs> he actually managing and then be sacked. Are you going to change your mind? Yeah, it's one hundred percent Tuchel. Like, <laughs> 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 it's just Thomas Tuchel. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. He, he, he you might win
5: every, he might win every award. Thomas yeah, Thomas Tuchel. Yeah.
3: He's,
1: like, he's like Titanic at the Oscars. <laughs> he's so <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. Like, we
4: right,
2: <laughs> like
4: we should do them in the because I um. I, I'm not gonna lie to you, guys. Did you need
1: a little moment to think about that one a little bit more before?
2: <laughs> I, like,
4: I like the
1: fact that you remembered that he was in the season, but then forgot he'd been sacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. It's me. Todd
3: Bowley sacking two shills. That's, really? that's insane. Stupid. That was the time when Todd Bowley wanted to do everything, wasn't it? Chelsea like coming to the
2: end of that spell. Like you know, it was a, f- a hilarious summer of hearing all the little rumours about how. Like he thought he'd signed Matthias delict was it because he'd mm. agreed a fee and just presumed that you bought their yeah. contract the yeah. second you agreed the fee with the club, and then nothing happened. <laughs> so he he
1: moved. To, he goes to Bayern in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Pff, fucking brilliant. brilliant.
1: Yeah, and is it, Chelsea weren't great under Tuchel at the start of the season, but he, he
2: won always, the European Cup with them. Yeah, yeah. and the like, fans
4: loved them as well. And yeah. were
1: they reigning world champions as well? Actually, at that yeah, point, you know what I mean. That, yeah. And also, like I say, the fact that. <laughs> it's, it's like, you're, I always think if you're going to sack a manager who's next mm. it was my argument I thought Liverpool were right not to sack Brendan Rodgers until Jürgen and Carlo Ancelotti come available because who was you going to get we we went down the route of sacking a manager and that's how we ended up with Roy Hodgson Chelsea just sacked him for, and they yeah. had they, and they oh yeah Graham Potter will have he, like five interviews and the all interview for it. yeah mad absolutely mad like, and he's just won the Bundesliga
3: he's a very good manager I mean the Bayern thing yeah but yeah he's a very good manager He's won the best around basically. He's
1: better than Graham Potter.
3: Much but better. also, than back to
4: the Graham Potter thing, I mean, it is a bit stupid that they sacked him after, you know, creating this entire project for him to bring in Frank Lander You know what? You
0: know, know what? In. It was the bringing in, the, the in No, No, in no,
1: the no. But, yeah. but,
2: but, Frank Hard yeah, did. But, but, but to make the point on it, in terms of what's stupid, <laughs> it's stupid sacking a European Cup with a manager and then replacing them with the guy from Brighton um, now to, yeah. to say that. But in terms of like, the stupidest thing to do, is is yeah, sacking Graham Potter was...
4: He also got to a semi-final. Uh, no,
2: Stupid, a yeah, I mean, of the Champions
4: League uh, yeah. and then like, didn't I, I don't agree.
1: I, th- I think you're right to sack him. He's useless, but... Yeah.
3: No, I don't think he's... I actually still think he's a good manager. I just think Chelsea was too soon for him. I was at yeah. yeah. no, it for yeah. yeah. no, day yeah. like one. But, but, but
4: for Frank Lampard to just... I think he could have done better than Frank Lampard. He's an abysmal person. Well,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. We'll cross that
1: bridge.
4: Okay.
2: The next award. Stupidest appointment.
1: See, I'm not. I'm, spoiler, I'm not picking Lampard
4: here. I think I've got, I've got another option instead of Lampard. Okay,
2: yeah. I don't want any context. We'll discuss it. We'll go down the line. Dan, was the stupidest appointment of the season? I've gone on Graham Potter. Okay. Oh.
4: Javi Garcia for Leeds.
2: Okay. Javi
1: See. Garcia for Leeds.
2: Wow. Gracia. Yes. Gracia.
1: Javi, Javi Garcia. Are, are
4: we looking at that? Thank you. Javi,
1: Javi, Javi. Garcia. There you go. Oh. Yeah. That was mad. Potter. I, at well, least yeah. with Potter, he would had some recent success. No, it was not good enough. No, out. I agree. In, but enough. I agree. Like, but there was the... too short
3: to Potter. What the
1: what No, I, no, and I'm with you. I don't think it was a good hire. But Harry Grathier has been shite.
2: Lovely. But he Lovely relegated, relegated Watford.
1: No, he, he is shite. Uh, Leeds sacked Marsh, Marsh and brought him can in. Can I
2: can I remind you all as well that Chelsea went from European Cup winning manager Thomas Tuchel to Potter. Pr- you know, promising. Up and coming, an exciting new manager from Brighton, in Graham Potter, and then appointed the guy who basically got Everton into another relegation yeah, fight. I, my,
1: my thing on the Lampard thing was he was never the manager; he was just a caretaker. They've got the, now. They've got the manager they wanted. They just the reason that he's got flank Lampard was to wait for, for Potter. Yeah, but, but but you sh-
2: might as well. In that again, this is hindsight thing. They might as well have just let the team fucking manage itself. That's, yeah. that's, play- I mean, yeah. that's what happened. No, but it's, but, <laughs> but, he, but he, he, he's not. He's turned up. He's gone into dugouts. He's having to do all these press conferences. He's, a fuck he, all, he's, he's, he's been, he's Tough de facto been the manager, ball. whatever. But, be... but, but, you know, they've, they they did, whether we think this or whatever, they hired Frank Lampard, albeit as an interim manager. You can't say interim manager without the word manager. Mm. He's been Chelsea's manager for this final. 10, 12, and meant, 12 years of the meant season not or really whatever. It it meant, it 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 meant not to
4: be fair, mental. I put either Frank Ampad or Javi Garcia. Yeah, Garcia. garcia It's
2: the it's R
3: not first. Is it is. It's, an garcia. R, it's an R after Grass.
4: Grass. Not, it's not Garcia. It's
3: G-R. It's not Garcia, it's G-R. Okay.
4: Either <laughs> way, he, he was in charge of Leeds for 12, <laughs> <laughs> 12 <games>. sorry you, <laughs> can't, you can't,
1: you can't, you can't, this isn't like fake news or oh, whatever. That's his name, Chloe. Yeah, right? yeah.
2: It's like going Chloe Blomax. No, actually, it's Blom- whatever. Yeah, yeah. no, We've it um,
4: it past the point, but either way, he was in. He was in charge of Leeds for like twelve games. Hardly yeah. won a game. He was the second sacking for Leeds manager, mm. and then he went and brought in Big Sam. Well, I, was, I, got I mean,
3: Sam as a candidate for this. I, yeah, I. He I, was, by
1: that point. It was fucked. He, he oh, oh. But again, They should have. did have been better bringing Aldice in the f- when they got brought the back. No. Forgot
3: his hose. That's the issue there, isn't yeah. it? Not in,
1: I think. Nice. I think if they the signed Alvarez like when when they when the signed Gracia, yeah, they might have stayed. There.
2: Well, that's Grafia. the that's the point on it is again stupid appointments. What are you doing? It
1: takes too long. It's it's so what, good. What, what's he meant? To, what's four two... games to go? Mm-hmm. Fucking madness. Who, who's though. winning this? Then there's a lot of them.
2: I ooh. um.
4: It's two v one. You were both with
2: yeah. then yeah. So okay, no, well, I'm happy to to concede to that. Yeah. You know, I I. I, fine I, fine I plan, up there though. It's I just didn't even. I
1: I thought. Them hired an interim manager was clever, Chelsea, in hindsight, because he wanted because he got the manager they want now. But why they could have just left it with some? They
2: literally could have let the kit man do it.
1: They
4: tried to do that. that Bruno, like, did Bruno, do the, Bruno did it for
2: the game. Yeah.
4: It was us, was it
2: now? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it was. Mate, that terrible I mean, game of football. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that if it, yeah, that game might not have happened. I don't know. Well <laughs> I <mean>, that was <laughs> fucking stupid because you just the sacked the guy and way. left
2: his as assistant manager in position, and basically, haven't <sighs> they? Like, Which
1: is oh, what Oh, Spurs! Which is exactly yeah, what Tottenham yeah, that, did as yeah. well. That's up there as well. Fucking hell. Oh, that might win.
3: Because they were in contention for stuff, weren't they, Spurs, was he, when he... that happened? So, yeah. Yeah. that's more Solini. But
2: again,
1: because that was a bad one.
2: They actually had a little good run of four-wing. Conte was ill, wasn't he? Yeah. He wasn't So they line. They had, okay. they had a couple of good good results and they obviously must have thought or oh, Stellini albeit can you know can can do the business. Mm-hmm. It's not even this season, of course, but that Tottenham did this with Manino, didn't yeah. he? When yeah. they let Ryan Mason take the League Cup final, they had the chance That's of winning ridiculous. a piece of silverware yeah. which could have changed the destiny of that football club. I just let Manino have it. And then sack him. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It's, yeah it's no,
1: there's a lot of options, yeah. I'm all right. I'm comfortable with Gracia though.
2: I, I just don't think it's I just don't, don't care. Yeah, my, my issue with Grassi, who gives a fuck, who gives a fuck what? They were leads because
1: they're fucking relegated. No, I know, I know too, <laughs> but, but
2: like me,
4: because they could have stayed
2: it, up if they would have got big Sam earlier and he could do. Cassie is that is that, is, that, is by all accounts an like, all right manager, isn't he? You no, know? no, I mean, he's
1: not. That's, really that's the point. He's been shit everywhere he's been. Wofford. Mate, they were bad leads. They were letting sevens in and everything. They were mm. fucking diabolical. Okay, sounds yeah. He's been a joke. Yeah, he's winning it for me. Okay, fine. Yeah. If you disagree, let us know. That was a lot of fun, that show, by the way. Really, some some good categories, some fun ones as well. So, yeah, do go back and check it out if you haven't already. Moving on then, Dan Club spoke to Chris Bascom for our Expert Transfer Insights show. Chris has been a Merchyside reporter for such a long time, like over, I think it's like a quarter of a decade or something. He knows what he's talking about. And, yeah, Dan and Chris had a big old chat about Liverpool's transfer strategy and their window. And here is a clip from that very chat.
3: Yeah, we're here to talk about Liverpool and the upcoming transfer window. Um, Obviously, the season's just finished. Not the season we all hoped and dreamed it would be for the Reds, I think it's fair to say. And it's left a lot of question marks and a lot of stuff to solve, I guess, over the summer. Um, Transfers are going to be in the eye more than ever, I think it's fair to say, this time around. Um, I want to speak to you about what the Reds could possibly be doing in terms of incomings and outgoings. And I want to start with outgoings because... One of the main talking points actually over the last few days has suddenly become Fabio Carvalho. Um, Jurgen Klopp has sung his praises recently in press conferences and and said he's really impressed him in training, etc, etc. Obviously, he was only signed sort of 12 months ago after trying to get him in the January window previously. How do you see his future now? Because he hasn't played loads of football Early on in the season, he gets that win against Newcastle, scores against Man City, and then kind of gets taken away. Um, where do you see his future lying?
6: Well, I, mean, I think the manager sort of made it clear, really, what, what, what the immediate plan would be, which would be getting back in pre-season, have a look at him the same as every other player, and then mm-hmm. wait and see what materialised in terms of probably a loan move or or any offers that came in. I think... I think he's been a bit unlucky really I think uh, I think he rewinds 12 months when when he was joining the club he probably thought he was he was joining this like seamless transition really you know and and uh, he's going to be introduced into this winning machine and obviously it didn't quite work out like that and then by the time you know, the, the manager was looking to change things a little in midfield. He, he clearly didn't want to put trust in too many young players and give them that kind of responsibility. And he sort of fell down the pecking order. But mm. I think he'd, he'd probably be encouraged by the manager's words at the last press conference. And uh, I think like a lot of players, really, I, mean, I, I kind of think that this time of the year, you kind of have a... <laughs> A kind of period where everything's very fluid. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. think you can say in concrete, okay, he's going to go, he's going to stay. He's gonna, I think a lot will depend on the kind of offers that materialize. Every indication from the managers that if he was going to let like, Carvalho leave, it'd be only on a loan for a season. But, uh, you know, there'd, there'd be a lot of factors that would come into that, such so as the nature of any offer if it did come in and what the lad himself wanted to do and whether mm-hmm. he saw himself, you know, moving his career on somewhere else. Only you would be able to answer that, but uh, you know, I, I think to sort of say black and white, OK, that, that, you because know, he's had a tricky start, that's going to be the end of him at Liverpool. We're very premature. Equally, it, it may well be that his, his immediate future is served by getting a bit more first-team experience, whether it be a Premier League club um, or, or elsewhere abroad or something like that. And I don't think mm-hmm. they will know that really until uh, pre season
3: yeah, it's an interesting one. Like you say, he really did shine for Fulham in the Championship. He was a major part of their promotion campaign. And I think we all got excited about the prospect of it. Because, like I say, we just missed out on him in the transfer deadline day, and you signed this young kid. Really exciting proposition. And then. Like I say, he has a decent start with Liverpool career and then completely gets taken away from it. And you mentioned the words pecking order there. And that's Mm. the interesting thing for me because he's seen Harvey Elliott probably above him in the pecking order and indeed Curtis Jones, especially in recent weeks. So you do start to wonder where he sees his own future. Um, Four lads who we know will definitely believe in the football club, or five if you include Artimelo, and obviously Roberto Firmino, James Miller, Naby Keita and Alex Oxley-Chamberlain. So we are going to see major changes this season in the Anfield squad. Do you think those changes and the amount of work that needs to be done will sort of lend itself to possibly keeping hold of some players? And now I want to bring Joel Matip into the equation for this because he's into the final 12 months of his contract. There were some question marks earlier on this year whether we might look to potentially cash in on Joel Matip. Now, with so much work to do, do you envisage that Liverpool will just keep hold of people like him?
6: Well, I think Joel Matip's in a situation, uh, uh same situation as Navigate and uh, Alex oxlade Chamberlain were we're in this time last year, where when you've got a year left on your deal, you, you know there, there are so many different factors to take in. I mean, yeah. from a club's perspective, if they do not offered somebody a new deal, they're clearly receptive to any offers that might come in because mm-hmm. the, the you know if you've got a, if someone's got a year left you're going to lose you know an asset who's worth something this summer that he won't be have no value at all in the transfer window next summer yeah. but then the player himself will be thinking well you know i've got a contract here i've got a year left well why would i be looking necessarily around for anything else because mm-hmm. uh you know, it's, it's not necessarily in Joel Matip's interest to sort of start looking around and thinking, OK, you know, where's we, better than Liverpool at this particular moment? I'm sure if something very attractive emerged, you'd probably think about it. But the impression I get, really, is that Matip will probably just see his contract out. to be out. Again, I think, I think Klopp's got a bit of a um, an attitude to things where really he really wants to know by the time they get to that real Key end part part of preseason. What his squad is going to be for the for the for the year, and once mm-hmm. he decides on that, that pretty much becomes it. Um, so this is, again, this is this kind of little period now between the players going back to preseason, and probably be when the players themselves will be sort of trying to figure out what they want. But I would be quite surprised if Joe Matup left really, because they can't just get rid of all the centre backs. I mean, I think that there's an expectation that Liverpool will sign another defender. Mm-hmm. But, You know, a kind guy of like Joe Matup with his experience for a year. Uh, with that final year it would probably be still quite useful to have around so uh, again I'm not entirely sure it's it's a given that just because he's got a year on his deal he will leave because there'd be many um, decision makers and that you know
3: yeah absolutely it's an interesting one because one thing Liverpool do need to get better at, I believe, is selling players when they're coming towards the end of the contract. Now, Matip obviously does fall into that category and we probably missed the boat on Katie and Oxlade-Chamberlain and indeed Gini Rinaldin. previously. They're sort of big-name players who've all left the club for free in recent years. But to the point... I make you right in terms of there's so much needs doing at Liverpool, keeping someone of Joel Matip's quality and experience around would make a lot of sense. And he's moved on a 3 before. obviously he arrived at Liverpool for free, so he's not adverse to that.
6: Well, I mean, this is clearly a, a policy the club have, have got. I think there's been a very different attitude towards contracts. I mean, like it's not too long ago, it used to be if a player was within two years of his deal, they were doing with this sense of panic. You've got to mm. give him a deal or you've got to sell him. And, Things have changed a lot, you know, as you, you mentioned when Aldum, obviously, and Ray Chan was in was yeah. that again. And, and there's been almost a kind of you know, there's kind of always been a respectful kind of relationship kind of almost between player and, and club in a way. I don't think the what always having to be this kind of aggro if a player was going into his final years, like, well, you know, what's going on? Why mm-hmm. haven't they given him the things have changed, you know? And I, I do I do feel as though there's no inevitability now that just because the player's coming towards the end of his deal that he will be, he certainly won't be forced out of the club. I mean, this was a subject that, that was raised a year ago with like Kate and raised, like, yeah, Perhaps Klopp's not, not, you know, he's too loyal. He, he should be ostracising him. He should be sending to train with the kids and forcing off the club. It's just not the way he works. I don't think he's ever going to be the way he works. And you have to sort of separate what the fan out there who just wants to see these players as commodities feel mm-hmm. and, and a manager who clearly sees these guys as human beings. <laughs> yeah. About it. So yeah, it, you know, if, you, if you're sat there, you know, working out who's going to come and who's going to go, it's all very simple. You know, you get rid of all the players you don't think are good enough and who aren't playing and you keep all the ones and you bring in the load in, but the manager doesn't quite see it that way. And, um, so, yeah, it, it, I think this idea of players signing deals and then just seeing those deals out will probably just continue during this this era because uh, the club doesn't want to discard players. He sees, he, he said something very interesting very early on in his um, Liverpool reign, which I think really he's never really veered away from, is that he sees, forget, forget how long a contract is, whether it's a two year deal, a three year deal, a five year deal. He sees the relationship between him and his players as one year initially. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it, it, it starts in July with the pre season. It continues with that year. You know, they, they have this arrangement. that they're not going to mess around, focused on this year. And then, you know, at the end of that year, which is this period now, perhaps things get revisited a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so he sees it very much as so whether or not you've got a year left on your deal doesn't really matter. And we've seen that for you know, you know, as you say, we've mentioned all the other players. Mm. And uh, I, I just don't see Klopp as somebody who who just looks at players, oh, you've only got a year left, you haven't signed, you haven't committed, I don't want you anymore. He just doesn't wear really like that.
3: No, yeah, it certainly has, has borne out that way, hasn't it? You mentioned, uh, we both mentioned a handful of players there, you could throw Tivakarigi into that mix as well, another one who walked away for nothing having been an incredible servant right. to the club and John Massett may well fall into that category and it does look increasingly likely that he will do and um, two more players that I want to group together who appear to me to be more cut and dried but I've said this about at least one of them for about the past four transfer windows Nat Phillips and Reece Williams and um, they come together in so many senses and in this conversation they do as well for me it feels like Maybe less so because of the age profile of him. But for me, it feels like surely the time has come for one, if not both of those two to move on.
6: Well, I'd agree with you. I think, you know, you can only sort of stay, you know, as a backup for, for so long. And uh, But I think the reason they haven't moved on already is simply that the bids have not reflected Liverpool's valuation of them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know obviously yeah, they i think they've both got new deals after their contribution a couple of years back so it comes it comes a point where who who out there is prepared to to match their current contract and and give them something attractive to to leave mm-hmm. uh, i think it does become a little bit strange when players who clearly are not going to be part of the first team picture do just linger around a little bit and uh, but again, you know, you, I've I've not I'm not privy to any offers they have been made by club by other clubs and how attractive those clubs were and where they see themselves and what level. But uh, certainly somebody like Nat Phillips, I think Liverpool would have sold them last year if, if a bid of around ten million had come through. Now I don't know that was too high valuation, you know, so people can make their own mind up on that, yeah. but uh, certainly we in the business just giving the player away. Um but again, look, I'm sure if I'm sure if um, good offers came in for those two, Liverpool will be listening to them. But um, uh, again, whether the players want to move on, it's up to them.
0: Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
1: Thanks very much to Dan and for Chris. We're going to stick with Dan once again for another Transfer insight because on the day that it was reported that Liverpool were interested in Borussia backs, Manu Kone, Dan got straight on the phone to Toby he Here's the Sports Bill chief reporter who actually broke the story. Dan wanted to go straight to the heart of the action to get it straight from the horse's mouth, and he did just that. Here is a clip from Dan chatting to Toby Altshaffel.
3: Hello, everybody, welcome to Red TV and your latest edition of the Transfer Insight Show. My name's Dan Club, I will be your host as ever, and I'm delighted to say I am joined by the chief sport reporter from the very reputable sport build in Germany, Toby Altschaffel. Toby, how are you doing? You
7: good? I'm very good, and your pronunciation of my name uh, becomes better and better every time. It's just perfect. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you if it got better. Perfect. All morning, I've
3: been busy, but I've been thinking about that all morning. It's been in the back of my mind. Uh, I'm glad it's better. I appreciate that. So we're here to talk about uh, Bush and Munch and Gladback midfielder Manu Kone, of course, because you yourself broke the news that has spread far and wide that Liverpool are interested in the 22-year-old Frenchman. So I guess the best place to start is tell us what you know so far.
7: Well, Liverpool is very interested in uh, Manu Kone. I mean, he's not the, the rising star of Bundesliga, or he's not uh, like Jude Bellingham or something like that. But he's a very good, very strong player, a uh, midfielder, of course. And uh, I think there were talks already between uh, Liverpool and uh, the side of Kone. And, um, well, it's not uh, like the, the biggest transfer that it will take weeks and weeks a month uh, because it's not 100 million, it's only 30, 40 maybe. So, mm-hmm. I think it could happen.
3: Yeah, well, I certainly hope so because Liverpool need midfielders, Liverpool need midfielders badly. And in terms of the fee you mentioned there, that would make a lot of sense for Liverpool because we need a few and we're not going to all be signing £100 million players. That's why we back away from the Jude Bellingham deal, of course, because of the money. Um I wanted to ask you something on this because you described the, inter- the interest as being big from Liverpool. Now, is it a coincidence that Liverpool appoint Jörg Schmadke, a man who knows the Bundesliga brilliantly well has spent all his time in the Bundesliga? Is it a coincidence that Liverpool appoint him and hours later of interest in the Bundesliga midfielder?
7: Well, I don't think so, to be honest. But uh, on the on the other hand, you know, Jürgen Klopp uh, is uh, looking at uh, the Bundesliga All the time. So he was, for example, into Ryan Grabenberg. I think we talked about him last time before Jörg Schmatke came. And Grabenberg is uh, uh, also not the the, the big player of the season. He didn't play a lot, but uh, Klopp knew his potential. Mm -hmm. And now Klopp knows the potential of uh, Koné and also Schmatke, of course, because Schmatke knows all the players from uh, Bundesliga. And uh, as I said, uh, Koné was not playing all the time on the highest level. But for example, when Mönchengladbach won against uh, Bayern Munich 5-0 in the German Cup, he was exceptional. He was one of the best players and also when Gladbach won in Munich 2-1, he played very well. Mm -hmm. So when he needs to be the highest level, he can show the highest level and that's why I think uh, it could be a good solution for Liverpool. Because uh, in Mönchengladbach, they are just average in in Bundesliga. They had a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was like a French connection where he was only with the French guys. And he was not uh, always in the training on the highest level, etc. And maybe in Liverpool, he can develop really well.
3: Yeah, hopefully, and it's funny you mentioned those two Bayern Munich games. I've seen those games mentioned so much today since the Kone links came out. Liverpool, everyone's or Liverpool fans are just talking about those two Bayern Munich games where he really shone and expressed himself in. You mentioned there that he's had problems at Munchen Gladbach in terms of, I suppose, settling in and not quite, you know, flourishing, if you like, and playing to the best of his ability. He's under contract there at the moment, I believe, until twenty twenty five. But you mentioned in your report that Munchen Gladbach need quick income essentially, and it's already obvious that he will leave this
7: summer. Do you believe that is definitely going to be the case? I think so because uh, Gladbach has a lot of problems. I think they have to manage to get a, a completely new team because uh, they really did not do good and the, the last season. And so the Koné money could like give them some uh, possibilities to to buy some new players and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they know that it uh, makes sense for them to sell him in this summer, yes. OK, and on the
3: fee, you've already mentioned a couple of possible figures in terms of the 30 35 million mark. Is there interest from elsewhere in Kobe? Europe. Europe, yeah, sorry. Euro. I must apologise, yeah. Uh, is there interest elsewhere in him? Are Liverpool the main in front of the queue
7: right now or is there other Premier League interest? I mean, Tottenham have been linked in the past. Is anyone else keen? I think Chelsea was uh, sometimes uh, linked with uh, Cornet and also PSG, but uh, I think Liverpool, they are now on the top, top of the race
1: really really insightful that one thanks so much to Dan for sorting that one out and thanks for Toby to giving up his time in a very very busy day for him he basically said Bayern Munich have gone mental and he's really really busy and uh, but he still had time to speak to us about Manu Kone which is great thanks so much to him right then let's move on it's Jerno inside time I had Neil Jones in and we had a big old chat about loads of things including Kone including Mount Carvalho Van der Ven McAllister and loads 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 more one of those loads more was actually Kefran Taram so he was linked with a move to Liverpool by Le Keep and I asked Neil for his thoughts on that potential transfer Right then let's move on uh, Kefran Taram then so this came from Le Keep I, I brought it up here via the Daily Mail because my French is appalling I know I could have used you on your French isn't bad Neil but I've had to go <laughs> the old fashioned English route um, Liverpool open negotiations over a deal for Nieces £52 million talent Kefran Taram but the Frenchman Keen to develop under Jürgen Klopp's guidance. are reportedly keen to sign him. Klopp overhauling his midfield, yada, yada, yada. Nice reportedly set a fee of £52 million pounds for the Frenchman. So yeah, this came from Le Keep the other day. I know um, Kevin Sam is someone we spoke about in the past I know, yeah. uh, as well. I know you know a bit more about him. Um, again, this one's come from France. It's come from Le Keep. Um, what were your yeah. initial thoughts, reaction to this story when you first saw it?
5: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't tie in with all the Schmadker, um, <laughs> Schmadker conspiracy. Does you know the, the Schmadker sort of pulling the threads of well, that's why he's been appointed. No. But in terms of the the type of player and the sort of the age of the player, the price price is a little bit higher, obviously than than, than Kone. But I think he's a very looks seems like a very interesting player, Six foot four, he's massive, yeah, <laughs> six foot four and a, and a footballer with it. You know, not just the sort of not just a muscle man is he? You know. Um, <laughs> unbelievable stock. I mean I was reading a bit about him this week and he was talking about his games in the back garden when he was growing up in, in Spain and Italy with you know obviously he's got they've got a forward in the family, they've got a the dad's obviously a great defender and they've got him so yeah I think I think his word where it got quite competitive and I can well imagine. Yeah. Um he's obviously someone who's his is going on, on the up and up. Um he's he seems interesting to me in, in the sense that it's not the same, is it? If you look at these two players, maybe Kone a little bit more, but if you were saying that Liverpool are after Mason Mount, which would we they were, and they can't get Mason Mount, to go from Mason Mount to Manu Kone and Kevin Teram feels like a bit of a change of angle, at least, if not a complete about ten. You know, they're not the same type of player, they're not the same type of profile. So I think that would be <clears throat> that would be interesting to see whether Liverpool have have just, just sort of Turned on the heels and said, "You know what? You know. Let's just say, for example, for argument's sake, we'll back here to Jones to be the the Mason Mount type player. We'll we'll go and get a different type of player that we don't have, or or you know, sort of we'll we'll focus on another area. Um, that would be interesting. But if you look at if you look at physically, and he's played a lot of games. You know, he he came into the Monaco side very young." in the Champions League when I think he was 17 got a move you know, surprised a few people I think by moving to to um, to Nice <clears throat> and then he's become a regular there and he's played a lot of football which is good for his age and for the type of deal that Liverpool need to be doing this summer so I think it's it's one to keep an on. I mean I, what I've been told is that he's one who's definitely admired by Liverpool but I wouldn't be 100% sure that they'll go in for him this summer Um it might depend on who else wants to sign. It might depend on sort of as I say what turns out with some other targets. But definitely a player that Liverpool like and would um I would keep an eye on the links, definitely.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like I say, we we've spoken about this numerous times and the sometimes it Liverpool can be quite unpredictable in the market, but sometimes they can actually be quite predictable as well and i always say we Liverpool try and sign the players before they look like they're about to take off mm-hmm. like he's, he he is playing regularly he's just been you know he's just been capped by france yeah, he he's 22 yeah he's 22 it feels like he's about to and liverpool rather you know we've always said before that I mean, tiago might be doing a world class player liverpool signed they always try and get that this this is the type of profile mm-hmm. and this is why both of these links and and um, Tarama and baby Kone, more so Tarama, I think makes a bit more sense to me in that. Yeah, that that kind of ticks a, lot, a few of the boxes that we associate with Liverpool players, Liverpool transfers. I
5: think as well, and I'll bring McAllister into this. There's a, there's a personality element to it as well, and I, I, if you do a bit, haven't of...
1: dads who play footy. Well, yeah, I
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah, That didn't even make that connection, but yeah. I think that probably is part of the personality. To be fair, you yeah. know, like sort of a, a comfort in themselves, a, a, a steel, a, a sort of inner. Belief and you know, you listen, you read about Catherine Saram. There was a great interview with Jason Burt in the in Telegraph just before he made his international debut for France. I would recommend it. Um, to read it, he seems like a very mature 22 year old kid, you know, if you want to call him that. I mean, he he's talking about the books he's reading, his, his love of photography, and, you know, he's talking about the, the history of his name and where, where that came from and sort of that, you know, his dad's activism and anti-racism work and things like that. So he's obviously quite a well-rounded individual as well, someone who's who's got, you know, a good head on his shoulders. And Liverpool, you know, Liverpool tend to do that, don't they? I mean, there's, there's a, a bit of an, um, a, a buzz phrase at the moment among... Among sort of football executives, you know, no dickheads. I think is is the phrase. But Liverpool, I think, have been le- living that that world for for a while, haven't they? You? you look at the players that they brought in. You know, whenever you sort of you do your, you sort of follow a piece after they've signed, a lot of the the, the words you get back is a rock solid character, and you see it. You see that with a lot of the players they bought, don't you? You see it with Robertson. You see it with Gina Winaldom. You see it with with Salah. With Diogo Jota with with Canarte they all seem to be sort of ready to buy into this kind of you know collective this self-improvement sort of culture if you want to call it that and if Liverpool are losing some people who have been quite key to that this summer James Milner being probably the, the most important but even people like Roberto Firmino who just set high standards in training having characters who are A. good enough to, to be part of it but B. tough enough as well to sort of not just be part of it but to, to become central to it quite would be important and it feels like McAllister has that kind of ability he's done it with Argentina he's done it with Brighton just just reading about him and listen I'm just reading an interview so take that with with what it is but it does feel like someone like Teran for a 22 year old has got a pretty good um handle on who he is where he wants to go and what type of person he is so I think it's um it will be interesting. I don't I don't expect Liverpool to be taking too many gambles in terms of characters, you know. They haven't really ever, have they? You know, like I can't think of many that they've brought in. Probably going back to sort of the Rodgers era, that you thought, ooh, that's a bit of a handful or, you know, someone that you might have to rein in or or get hold of. They've they've tended to sort of do their homework and get the right kind of person as well as player.
1: Yeah, we've got a question here from the Disco, from Josh Hall. Thanks, Josh. Says and can you he also hear us getting both Manny Coney and... Kevin and I don't even know who would you offer the option. be like <laughs> I, first part's the first yeah. part's opinion, second part's well, they both are but in different ways. But yeah, could is there a will it will sign both of these two young, aspiring French players? I, Perhaps. I don't know one or the other.
5: Yeah, I I I don't I mean, they're gonna I think they're gonna get McAllister. So if you were talking about getting th- those three, that's three sort of players that's gonna cost, you know, let's just say that the the fees that were put in there. You're talking £160 million around around that well right, for three players. Yeah, it does. But it, it also, you know, that leaves you not much wiggle room if you want to bring in a, a defender or a left-back if if someone leaves or, you know, whatever, a goalkeeper potentially. Um, so maybe that, maybe I'd think two out of those three rather than three. Preferred pick, I couldn't tell you a preferred pick. I'd, I couldn't I couldn't sit and, and lie and say, oh, I've watched a lot of Turam and he's, he's this kind of player. I've watched a lot of Kone. It's... I think you've just got to back Liverpool in terms of whatever they do in, in the market. And in fairness to them, you know, when they have bought a player, generally, you know, you can argue about Cavalio, and I know we'll talk about him later in the show, but you can argue about Darwin. But I think generally, Liverpool have got it right when they when they've decided that this is the player we want. I think I still think there's a ch- very good chance that they get it right with with Darwin as well. Um, so. I think you've just got to back Liverpool on it, but I would I would lean towards one or the other if you were if you were talking about. It. I'm not I'm, I'm not convinced to get either of them, you know, fully, but I think there's still um, there's still work to be done on that front. But I would lean towards McAllister plus one and maybe a, maybe a, a different type of player if if they were looking at you know you could you could be looking at a free transfer, you could be looking at a sort of a much younger player who comes in. You know, just for example, the guy from Bristol City who's been linked, um, Alex Scott. You know, I could see a world where he comes in as a sort of a a very young player to be sort of molded in and come through. You know, a little bit like Bajicic and that kind of thing. So, um, there's there's still plenty to do, but I I, I think it um it'll all become a lot clearer in the next few weeks, definitely.
1: Yeah, want to keep an eye on it. Looks like and Saram. Who knows where that one's going to go? The Kone stuff. We've got you covered everywhere on Redmen. As soon as anything breaks, anything develops, all that kind of stuff, I promise you, on the YouTube and, of course, on Redmen Plus, we've got you covered. Like I say, if you want to check out those shows in their entirety, then do go over to RedmenPlus.com. Journal Insight, by the way, will be streamed twice a week now throughout the summer. We're going to do Mondays and we're going to do Thursdays with Neil. So can't wait for those. We've got you, like I say, covered every step of the way. RedmenPlus.com. Sign up from as little as a Five in a month I promise you you won't regret it spoiler alert if you sign up now you'll get the Roberto Firmino documentary that is released in about 22, 23 days something like that depending on when you're doing it so yeah redmenplus.com get all that great content get the bobby doc that's coming
5: Redmen is the place to be for your summer transfer action and I'll see you next week